Hey, Hung Up family, welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, a.k.a. Tennis Bay, a.k.a. Beyonce's Bobby Pin, a.k.a. Finding My Way Back, a.k.a. Black is King. Thanks for joining me for another episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate all the love, the comments, the texts, the DMs, the tweets, the retweets. <laughs> Y'all have no idea how much that helps keeping me going some days because it ain't all there. I'm just saying <laughs> some days. And that motivation from y'all, oftentimes from people that I don't even know, it keeps me going. So thank you. You can find me and this show on all platforms. Just search at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. This week, I wanted to highlight a local black businesswoman. So I sat down with Janelle Johnson, who created her company and brand, Sweet 828, and J. Nicole Merchandising Consulting, from the ground up. And to think, it all started with a small home project. And now, she's using what she knows to help other up-and-coming black and brown designers and merchandising consultants. We had a good little chat. Enjoy, y'all. Hope all is going well. I just called to check in, see how you were doing, and see how Tristan's doing, and hoping that you guys are having a blast. Um, and I also just want to say that I love you, and I am so really proud of you. Um, I was just sitting back and just reflecting on how we met, when we met, and just thinking about all that you've been through, and just to see how you have conquered and just grown into this wonderful young man um, that God, like any parent, any sibling, any cousin, um, would just be so proud to say that, you know, you're a part of their world. Uh, Because guess what? I am. And I am so grateful to God and thankful to him for sending you in my life as a fabulous little brother who is just growing and growing and growing. I am so waiting for the day when you call me and say, sis, what you have been speaking over my life has finally happened. I have a syndicated radio show with millions of listeners and millions of supporters and just so much love. You give so much. You do so much in your sorority. Um, you, I mean, your fraternity, I'm sorry. 
Um, and you just you're just an amazing young man. You shed so much light at such a young age. You conquered so much, and I'm sure you look at it like, oh, that's it. I got so much more to do. So I'm just so grateful to call you brother. Love you so much, and you have the best of it all. Take care. Bye bye. Hey, Hungo family, welcome to the show, business owner, retail merchandising consultant, and mother, and close friend of mine, Janelle Johnson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, dialing in to the Hungo podcast. I've been wanting to sit down with you for a while, so... I'm excited. I'm, I'm so grateful that you even considered me because I'm like, whoa, I remember listening to you way back and I'm just like, now I'm on here? This is crazy. <laughs> oh, that, old, that old thing. <laughs> Look, we're still out here building. Yes, and I love it. And um, you're building. Yes. And we'll talk, we'll get into that. But also, like, before we started recording, I mentioned to you, like, we've been somewhat distant from each other. We kind of lost connection with our friendship. So I'm also happy to see you and talk to you because I've missed you. I missed you too. I'm like, and you know, I love that voice. Every time I hear that voice, I'm like, oh, I miss him so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had good times. We got to rekindle that social distancing at the same time, but. We're going to get it together. We got, we got some things, we got some plans, right? We got some plans. Yes. <laughs> Well, I gave you a soft introduction. Please introduce yourself. Okay. I am Janelle Johnson. I am the owner of Jane Nicole Merchandising Agency and Sweet 828, which is a home accents boutique. Um, Jane Nicole Merchandising is where I focus on um, helping retailers and uh, clothing designers with their whole merchandising process um, from setting it up to training people. Um, and Sweet A28 is uh, my product-based business where I sell home accents, small home accents, uh, small home goods. I am a product of Delaware State University. Excuse. <laughs> Member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> First fam. We on a high right now, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, I have a degree in textiles and apparel studies, um, degree in um, a master's in marketing and a master's in human resources. Um, I am a mother of a two year old going on 30 year old, a feisty little girl named Jace, who is my world. Um, and the reason why, you know, I continue to press forward. No, that's right. And that's a little about me. And I'm an Aries. Ooh. <laughs> hey Aries, listen, I I could have used your your consulting back in my Zara days because I was uh I had a short stint of being a merchandiser. 
in the Zara store on Walnut Street, which is no longer there. But I was a um, I was a merchandiser in the men's department, and I loved it. It's amazing, right? It's so fun. That, and it's I mean, it can get really detailed, but it's fun too. It was fun. I didn't. I guess it wasn't for me. I don't know. Like I was really young at the same time, but they kind of ate me up in that place and really kind of made me feel it. like <laughs> I didn't have a place there. <laughs> yeah. Even though I loved what I was doing, um, I love the the you know just working with the clients because they would come in regularly right helping guys out with suits fitting them for suits like helping them find that uh, perfect sock match like little things like that and putting the walls together putting the mannequins together yes i love doing my language you're talking my language <laughs> loved it using the was it called a planogram yes the planogram okay. <laughs> yes it's called a planogram <laughs> Yes. But they was just like, nah, Eric, you're not it. <laughs> so after, <laughs> seriously, like, they ate me up. So after, I think I was there maybe a year and a half. Yeah. Um, you really got to be, like, kind of out of the box with it. Because after a while, they start realizing, okay, so when are you going to make this joint pop? And it's like, I'm going by the planogram. But they want you to add your little thing, too. So That was the thing, like, exactly. <laughs> oh, trust me. I know. I, I've worked in it. Um, and I've, I, I kind of felt the same way with the visual merchandising. Um, my specialty was more of the whole entire like floor setting and like, you know, the whole inventory part of it. So, um, a lot of my focus is there, but I still do focus on visuals too. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. So again, welcome. Thank you for dialing in to the Hung Up Podcast. We are going to jump into our icebreaker. I'm a little nervous. Like, I don't know what these questions are going to be. <laughs> they won't be too bad. Okay. You be all right. <laughs> you got, I'll be all right. You I got, got this. <laughs> so, give us something that you just can't quite understand. You just don't get it. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell. <laughs> Everything about 2020 just been different. Talk about I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I don't know where anybody else is coming or going. I don't. What day of the week it is, what time I, it is. Yeah, man, I'm forgetting the days of the week. You know, like today, I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot I scheduled this and scheduled, you know, I'm just, 2020 has really thrown me for a loop. And it's like, girl, you need to be prepared for anything at this point because 2020 showed me anything can happen. Like, you know, we always say that, but like, this year really proved it to be true. And I don't think it's over. No, it's not. It's like, not over. And I'm like, what, that makes me kind of nervous because I'm like, what more can 2020 like, throw at? What can <laughs> right? What else can you take? Hey, but yeah, he, I don't understand 2020, honestly. But he said he'll never give more to us than what we can bear, right? That's a fact. So, That's a fact. We're here. Yeah. We will remain faithful and hopeful. Right. So... I got one more answer to that, though. Why the people who killed Breonna Taylor are still walking. But I don't understand that either. Somebody ain't doing the math right. Every 24 hours that goes by and we still don't have justice for Breonna Taylor. I don't understand it. Somebody got to make it make sense. Cause I, it's there. It's all there. <laughs> it was completely negligent and <clears throat> still nothing. So 
Yeah, something tells me that those it is something buried that they do not want us to see. Oh yeah, I mean that's always the case. Mm-hmm. But we ain't done. <laughs> what is one of the worst jobs you ever had? Oh my gosh, I worked for a student loan company called was it AES Fia? Fia. Oh my goodness! Listen, I went through like months and months of training for the phones. I lasted. It didn't prepare you. It didn't prepare you. Not for what was coming. Heck no! I done data breached a million times. I'm 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 dealing with anxiety because the calls. Listen, and then at the time they were still using the DOS system, which is like the black screens, and you gotta like type certain things in to get. I lasted maybe a good week and a half. Wow. I can't do this. I literally had like a meltdown. And then I turned around and got another call center job and had another anxiety attack. I'm like, okay, I, I can't do the call centers. Like, that's just it. I, I, Talk I, about throwing you to the wolves. That's a tough job. Listen, I was like, I kept getting pulled into thing. Like you gave information to somebody that wasn't authorized on the account and, and I'm just like, bro, how do I even get to the screen to see who's authorized? Because I got to type all these little things and why can't I just click something that's like it was so weird and mind you this was only a few years ago so we have regular windows systems they still use dos at the time and i'm just like this is and not see, and these companies spend so much time surveilling their employees and yes. listening in on their oh employees. the quality assurance when you can give us how about give us resources and tools that we need so we can better do our job a whole better like and then i found out like a few years after that that they did change the system but even the call volume was too much for me because it was like I didn't even get a chance to sip water before I had another call. So it was like, it was just not for me. Never again. That's bananas. That sounds like a job that I had at MBNA. It was a credit card company. And I used to call people to do balance transfers, like oh. trying to get them to transfer their balances from their credit cards to to the credit card that we oh, were so you had to do a little bit of sales too <clears throat> i had to do a little bit of sales and yeah but they would also listen in on our calls and it was a whole thing like as soon as someone got a balance transfer confetti fell out the sky balloons <laughs> oh production <laughs> too much too much <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, what is your music streaming platform of choice? Are you Apple Podcast, um, Apple Music Girl, Spotify, Tidal? I'm Apple, but I'm trying to get on Tidal because, you know, black owned is black owned. So I'm trying black to get on Tidal, but I'm so used to Apple. Like Apple is so easy and it's literally like my finger just goes right to Apple and I'll be like, oh wait, I want you titled to that. And I, you know, I got to, train myself to go write the title but i've been apple for so long and it's just how to use it it's easier for me to search i know how to search for certain things on there so i guess i'm getting older because i used to be like this with the technology but this is like i gotta learn title a little bit more so i'm between the two right now but mainly apple apple is easier it seems that for me what i love about apple is their search feature if yes. you don't know the title of a song or the artist, yes. you just start writing the lyrics. Yes. Apple's like, oh girl, you wanted this. Yes. And by the way, here's your album. Very, it's like user friendly. And I feel like, I know title will get there. Like that comes with time, but. Yeah, Apple they don't have so that. 
Yeah, Apple. I'm a title guy. I, I like title because of the. I want to get the exclusive stuff too, right? Title gets like exclusive because you know Beyonce did that full length of like her uh move forever joint on there, and I'm like, oh wait, I gotta get that. <laughs> I do like that for really a lot of the artists. It's the integration of video and music. So yeah. Yeah. I subscribe to Title. I used to be on Apple Music. Yeah. I love also the lyrics on Apple Music. Beyond right. the search capabilities, yeah. I like the lyrics. Yeah. And I joined Title mainly because it's black owned, but also because of the music quality. It really does beat out everyone else if you're like a music buff and you want to yeah. hear that crystal clear studio quality music. Yeah. Title though, the search is not all that great. I know. Sometimes you'll pull up music and it doesn't belong to that artist. Right. Um, there are no lyrics. And the title, the, the app can be a little clunky. Like, yeah. recently, it's like, cutting down on me. Like, they have to do some work on it. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's been, a, what, a few years, but it's still new in the world of streaming platforms. And I feel like they're going to learn the things that they need to do. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to... I'm probably gonna use both. I'm probably gonna continue to use both just because sometimes I'm just lazy. I'm like, I need to find something real fast. So, <laughs> but I do want to support Title and like you said, the quality is different and I love the exclusive stuff that they get, so. Yeah, yeah it's really dope, really dope. Okay, let's see, what else I got? You you have any Rona Ben shows you, you watching right now? Whether it be Netflix or? Uh, I watch the same stuff over and I'm not a TV person. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not a TV person. You know what stays on my TV? The Office. I am an Office fanatic. <laughs> I love The Office. Me too. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. It never gets old. It, it never, never gets, gets old. old. Thunder Mifflin, this is Pam. Pam, it's Michael. Help me. I need help right now. Michael, what's wrong? I'm hurt. I have hurt myself. Oh my God. Okay, wait, 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 wait. This is Michael, do you need me to call an ambulance? No, I want you to pick me up. Okay, oh, wait a second. I thought you said that you were hurt. I am hurt. I hurt I'm my sorry. foot. Pam. I want to come to work, Pam. but I need you to come and pick me up. No, God. Hey, whoa, Michael. Oh, God. It's okay. It's Jim. Just say again really loudly uh, what happened. Okay. I burned my foot very badly on my foreman grill, and I now need someone to come and bring me into work. You burned your foot on a foreman grill. I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So, most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Today I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. So that stays on. I mean, binge watched anyway. That's like my binge watch. But as far as anything, really, I've been watching The Shy. Um, but my binge watch is always The Office or like crime shows, like Forensic Files and all that kind of stuff. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of fashion documentaries over and over again. Um, Any favorites? Leon Talley's one on, is that on Hulu or Prime? Hulu. 
I right. watched it like 50 times. Gotcha. Cause it's so good. And it's like, it's kind of like um, before his book came out. So you get the visual part of his story. It sounds familiar. But yeah, like, he's a big tall people. black guy in fashion. He's, he used to work with oh, animals. Yeah, where's the capes all yes, the time? Yes, yes, yes. Watch it, please watch it. Please watch it, it's so good. I'm ashamed that like, I need to say talk about, oh, Like growing up in the South and being as, you know, Oh, yes. everything he is everything. He is optimist. He is. Oh my God, he's so regal to me. Like he, first of all, he towers above everything. You can't. <laughs> but like his personality is amazing, and it's just his story is amazing. Growing up in a black church in the South and being how he was, and his grandma not. You know, I mean, his mom not understanding it, but his grandma accepting him, and it's just so good. And I watch it all the time. I know it's gonna happen. I'm still like, I love this. That sounds good. You gotta watch it. It's okay. I hope, listeners, if you haven't seen it, check it out. This is something gospel. Goodness, I can't even remember the title. I just turn it on because I saw his face. I'm like, oh, watch it. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's the gospel. Yeah, it's just the gospel, Leon Talley. Yeah, you gotta watch it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Janelle, what do you do to relax? What do you do do when you can just like close the door, put the phone on airplane mode? and just get into you. If, if that's even possible, because you a whole mother, so I don't I'm even know what you can... to say. <laughs> I've, always, I've always been this on-go person. I've never, my mom always tells me, you're gonna burn yourself out. You don't know how to slow down. You don't know how to relax. You don't know how to, and I really don't. I feel like when I do, I feel bad. And I'm like, I could have been doing this. I could have been doing that. Um, but if anything, I just, Kind of, I'm a big music person, so I'll zone out to music, even if I'm in a house. If I, yeah, if I get a chance, if Jace is at daycare and I'm happen to not be working, okay, music is in my ears. I was going to ask you, are you if when you're in the house, are you on your I put, headphones? It, I, put put them on. I put them on. Okay. I mean, I got Alexa and I got all that stuff too. So sometimes I light my candles and I'll put that on. But when I really need to like. I put them in my ear. I need it as close to my brain as possible to quiet it down a little bit. But sometimes I'll come to my office and I'll sit in here and I'll just sit in the quiet. So as much as I sometimes love quiet, you need yeah, to. Sometimes I need quiet. Um, lately, I've been working out, um, and I know that sounds like work, but it allows me to calm down. Like I'm able to sleep through the night now um, with no problem because working out tiring me out. My trainer does not play with me. So, a personal trainer, that's great. I have a yeah, I, I only see him uh, twice a week. I work out five to six days a week. Um, but I, I need that accountability because I ain't going to do it if I ain't got it. So, <laughs> um, the working out has that's going to be there, like blowing that whistle and, and holding yeah, you accountable. Right? But he's not even, you know what's crazy? He's not even that type of trainer, he's very mellow. And that works for me because he he's patient, and he's like, I know it hurts. So he's not a major. Okay. Like, oh, you yell in my face, I'm yelling back. Like this not gonna work. <laughs> so, you said I'm like, gonna give you what you're giving me. Exactly. Okay. I'm gonna give you attitude. <laughs> I'm gonna storm all. I, like I, I match energies in that. But he's like calming, and I'm I need that. He's like, listen, I know it hurts. But you really want this, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you gotta push. Come on, yeah. Yes, like, and I'm like, all right, all right, Chris, like, and I'll do it. So, but working out has kind of helped me with 
centering myself, I guess that's what it is. Cause it, like you really have to focus on what you're doing. And like now it's like, okay, I can turn my brain to, I need to relax for a minute. And now I can like kind of make my brain quiet for a little while. Even if it's just a little while, it makes all the difference. So between that, the quiet, the working out and the music, it's, it's those three things. Um, and sometimes I sit in my daughter's room I don't know why it's that's it's a little strange, but she got like the best room in the house, and it's like it's your baby's room. I could I could understand that being over. Yeah, I don't know. It makes you think about being a kid again. Maybe that's what yeah. it is, and you didn't have these. Come on, nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. So I just sit there. I look around and rocking her little rocking chair for a little while, and then I get up. You know. So I I don't take too much time to myself, but I'm learning how to. Has the quarantine given you more time, or is the same? Or no, I just got more now. stuff to do. I've been doing stuff around the house. I done did my whole yard. I didn't put wallpaper. I just keep finding stuff to do. Yeah, and I, I, and I can definitely relate to you about the working out as far as like having to be centered and focused because when I'm playing tennis, that, that's my gym for me. Yes, I see you, Tennis Bay. Yeah. <laughs> but like like you, you know, I have to be focused on the game in that moment. Yeah. I cannot be distracted thinking about what happened earlier that day or something that's bothering me or what I got to do tomorrow because I will not, that will directly impact my game. I will not yeah. be able to perform as well. And that's something that you do have to like, and, and I agree with you. It definitely is relaxing for me. Um, as yes, it's hard work, it's strenuous work. I'm sweating sometimes like drenched. I, I usually bring <laughs> an extra change of clothes yes. to the courts with me because you know, especially in the summer, I'm drenched after yes. a game. It's hard physical work and it's such a challenge, but it feels good yes. because for that moment I was able to really just shut everything down and focus on this one thing, one thing. and I was yep. able to do it well because I was focused. Exactly. And so now I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I took this time to yeah. come out, do this, even though I may not have one, even though you didn't, maybe it was hard to get up and go meet with that trainer. Listen, but okay. you're so happy you did it. And when it's all said and done, you feel great. Exactly, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like yeah. when I don't work out now, I feel like, man, I should have worked out today. Like it's like now it's like, I kind of need that moment of censoring yeah. in my life so awesome okay okay so I just, let me just a few more so we can get okay. into a conversation because i'm enjoying this i am coffee or tea <laughs> tea and um it's weird because i didn't like either for the longest time okay. i did not like either i started getting into cappuccino okay. um, Cause I can make that real sweet and it don't taste like coffee. And it's really. so easy to make it quick. And it's so easy, yeah, it's so yeah. easy to make. Um, but I had an issue with like my gallbladder and um, I was, he, doctor asked me, are you drinking a lot of caffeine? I was like, well, I started getting into this cappuccino business and then that kind of escalated to getting like the fraps and all the fancy stuff. And he's like, yeah, lay, lay off that. And I'm just like, oh, okay. But I started feeling like I needed a little something. I'm like, well, what is the alternative? And then green tea became that because it has a little bit of caffeine, but it's not as bad. 
Then he was like, yeah, no caffeine, no caffeine at all. So now I'm more of the herbal teas. I love a herbal tea. Um, I do a lot of like, I do a ginger tea, like not, a, you know, the actual ginger tea because my daughter's father is from Belize and they make, you know, ginger root in the water type tea. I've been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm a herbal tea girl. Um, yeah, especially good for when you have a cold. Oh yeah. Ginger I've been, tea. especially now, like, because it helps mm-hmm. with all of that. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, let me drink this ginger tea. Um, but I mean, like ginger is a antioxidant. It right? is. It's a, yes. Yeah. It's good for you all around. Um, but I am a tea girl. I do occasionally have my, because um, my gallbladder situation, which is weird, but it kind of reversed and it usually doesn't, which the doctor was really shocked about. Okay. Um, I had what was called sludge in it. And eventually that would have turned into stones and they would have had to take my gallbladder out. Okay. But it, it's barely there anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, God bless. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I was, I was panicking at first. I'm like, I don't want this. Um, but yeah, that's that's fine. But so I'll occasionally treat myself to a frozen cappuccino from Wawa. That's, <laughs> yes. Shout out to Wawa. Starbucks is too strong for me. <laughs> and I like, you know, I can't get it. You cannot make that taste sweet. Like you taste that coffee. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. I mean, that's what they, <laughs> that's their thing, right? That's their craft. That's, Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to barely their coffee taste, but yeah. I'm a tea girl. <laughs> I like tea too. I tend to like um, fruity teas, like mandarin, orange, um, or I'll do like a, not peppermint, but spearmint. Spearmint tea is great. And it's relaxing to drink. It's very oh relaxing God. to drink. And then I'll chop up a little ginger and just like yes. throw it in there. I put that ginger in there. I put ginger in all my tea. <laughs> lemon, and I was like, it could be a fruity flavor. Like I had a cherry tea or something. I still got ginger in there. Don't care. I mean, shit, a fresh lemon and a ginger root. That's tea right there. That's what I. That's what I usually drink. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I drink that often. So, like, once I met my daughter's father, and his mom was like, when I was sick, she gave me that ginger tea. I've been hooked on it since then. So. Very cool. Look at you, Jane Cole, <laughs> Janelle Johnson. Thank yeah. you. That icebreaker was really fun. Thank you. Well, I enjoyed that. Hey, Hunga family. I wanted to take a minute to drop a few local Black-owned businesses for you to check out. First and foremost, our guest for this episode, Janelle, owner of Sweet 828 and Jane Cole Merch. Go see her for everything home decor and retail merchandising consulting. You can find Janelle on Instagram at j.nicolemerch. That's j.nicolemerch. Lastly, if you're looking for a place to chill, get some great food, listen to music, have a drink, smoke if you partake, then check out the Walnut Street Lounge. It's here in West Philadelphia. You can find the lounge on Instagram at Walnut Street Lounge. That's W-A-L-N-U-T-S-T-L-O-U-N-G-E. If you know of or own a black business, please email the information to hunguppod at gmail.com for a shout out. Now, let's get back to the episode.
<laughs> say it again. I, I told you. I, told you. <laughs> I appreciate that because I was like, oh, goodness. I hope he don't ask me nothing too deep. <laughs> some, some hosts do like to put their guests on the spot. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind being on the spot because I usually, you know, I'm a talker. I can, you know, I can talk, but I don't know. Today, I was like, I'm nervous because, like I said, I've been a fan. I was listening for the longest time, and like mm. being on here now, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate it. Just, I feel like I've really, I'm really starting to carve out my own little niche yes. when it comes to podcasting and creating content. Um, especially when it comes to LGBT yes. uh, podcast platforms, I'm really just doing what I would want to hear. Exactly. And so, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I know I'm somebody's Hennessy straight. Yes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you my tequila. I'm a tequila girl. <laughs> tequila make you want to do two, one of two things, okay? Ooh. Fight. <laughs> or and I oh quiet. So you ready to get into? I'm ready. Movie? I'm ready. I'm ready. Who is Janelle Johnson? Who is Jay Nicole merchandising? Which I believe, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, is separate from Sweet A Two Wing. Yes. I feel like these stories are connected but i feel yes. like they kind of happen in silos yes um you recently did an interview with voyage atl which was like a really good read and i pulled a few things from that article you talked about sweet a2a it seemed like it started out of a gift from a grandparent right yes. my grandmother gifted me my childhood home <laughs> which was her home um in efforts to help me because you know i'm I got three degrees, so I got a lot of student loan debt. We couldn't afford to pay for student. And I, I got like a couple of scholarships, academic scholarships, but they weren't like the full rides or nothing like that. So they were gone in like the first year or so of my um, educational career. So um, everything was loans and I wasn't educated on it. I was the first generation in my immediate family to go to a four-year college. So mm -hmm. we weren't, none of us were very educated on it. Yeah. Um, I was actually originally going to go to Temple. Um, I didn't make it through their summer bridge program because of some other stuff that happened. But um, we were just like paying for school with loans. And my grandma was like, well, I want to help you get on your feet financially. Yeah. And I had just had uh, Jace. And the house kind of started falling apart. And she's like, I'm too old to even keep up with this like she's not even that old she just turned 70 but like she's like I don't have it in me to do this I'm gonna go move with nanny which is my great-grandmother her mother and you can have this house because I'm good yeah take it take it it's all you we cleaned it out grandmother is like she like look I've been there done that I'm just trying to yeah. relax and chill right she's now trying to chill. <laughs> she's like listen I'm going where I'm sharing bills with two other people my uncle's there too and she's just like I don't have the, the money or the patience to put into fixing this place up plus my grandmother has a thing with change she held on to bookcases and things that were older than me and I'm just like this stuff got to go lady yeah. so that whole process um of renovating the house picking out my flooring and my wall paint and then it came to decorating and I'm very 
particular. Like I'm still decorating. I've been in this house since 2018 and I'm still decorating because mm. I'm particular about my pieces. Absolutely. They have to speak to me. I love a house that feels like a home, but that's not my vibe. My vibe is a house that feels like a lounge where we could chill and have a good time. So we have like my art. I got Biggie, Tupac. <laughs> I got like, you know, that kind of art in my house. So it takes a while for me to find pieces that speak to me. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm not the only person like this. So then I'm like, and I, I had so much fun doing it. And I'm like, I want to start looking, because I had already had Jane Nicole merchandising. So I already had the business account and all that. So I'm just like, let me see if I can find like wholesale stuff. And I started finding vendors and I started finding unique pieces. And I'm just like, oh, I might have something here. And in return, while I'm doing this business with the home decor thing, is giving me hands-on experience of what comes with running your own brand or your own boutique and that information I can give to my Jane Nicole merchandising clients. So I'm getting like real-time learning to pass back to my clients. So it kind of (laughs) like helped each other out kind of. Um, The (laughs) win-win. Yeah, because I don't know if you want to like go back and and talk about Jane Nicole first because that's the first business. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because I feel like it kind of flows into each other. Yep. Um, originally, I started as a designer when I came from Delft State. Um, fashion design was not my thing. People, every, everybody asking me to make Beyonce's dress and make Rihanna's dress. And I'm like, that's not what a designer does. That's what a tailor does. I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make what I feel I like. And if you like it, you buy it. <laughs> it's like, that wasn't working for me dealing with you know the models and I had fun at the fashion shows but that was about it it started feeling like a job didn't feel like a passion um and over the years I struggled with trying to figure out what it was and then people would come to me like well you had a clothing line you know all about the business of it what do I do with this what do I do with that how do I do this how do I do that all fashion industry and retail based and I'm just like I've been in retail since I was 16 I worked in every position possible um so I had a lot of the knowledge and I'm like, I could probably help um, a lot of people mm-hmm. with the business part. Cause not everybody went and got the formal education. You don't need it to be in fashion or retail, but I think it's beneficial to know it. So I'm like, well, how can I assist people, but make it worth my while too. Um, so I started, I'm like, I can do consulting. Um, and then I noticed like a pickup in, in the in interest. I mean, we've always been the epicenter of fashion, but actual like designing and boutique owning, it started to pick up. Like it, it was rampant. Like it was like everybody had a clothing line. Everybody had a boutique. And it's just like, they'd be here one day going the next. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's because they don't have a foundation in their merchandising process. And um, that's what sparked uh, Jane Nicole Merchandise, which actually started as 828 retail merchandising. So you know okay. that, that that's where it started as. I changed it because I'm just like, I, you know, it was it was that situation where I didn't know, we'll get into the whole meaning behind 828. I didn't know if that was like a great thing at the time. I wasn't at the space to be okay with using um, that date as the name. I was still very, you know, sad. I didn't know everything about the situation still as an adult. So I changed it over to Jane Nicole Merchandising, um, where now 
my focus is really on Black-owned um, retail businesses, boutiques, designers, stuff like that, um, because I feel like we're underrepresented in the industry mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. Um, well, not only because, because we know really why, but <laughs> um, part of it is a lot of people don't know the business side of it and how to be a buyer, how to plan their merchandise out. They don't know the whole process from production to down out to your floor. So that whole back end process is missing. You're thinking I can just go print these t-shirts and put them out. And it's just like, okay, so when you sell out, do you know the time frame and when you need to reorder and things like, like yeah. things that matter? Cause you, if, if one of my pet peeves and another thing that sparked me to start this was going on to somebody's site and they'll have the shirt on there, but it's out of stock for like six months. And it's just like, yeah. take it off the site if you're not going to restock it. But that just shows you they don't have a system in place to restock or they're trying to play off the psychology that they're selling out because they're important. No, it's really because you haven't ordered enough or you haven't planned for your next order for when you got to your threshold of, uh, oh, I only have six mediums, this left, I need to reorder. So it's like, that's doing a disservice to your customer and what are they going to do? Shop somewhere else. We are lacking that knowledge in that whole process. Like fashion has a life cycle, even though it keeps coming back around. When you put something new out, it literally has a life cycle. It has an introduction, a peak, and a decline. You need to know where your items are so that you know, do I need to take a markdown? Do I need to push this more? You need to know these things. So it's like, we don't, we, our businesses didn't have that knowledge because not everybody's going to school for that. So, you know, that- and that's why it, it, that what contributed to, you mentioned a few moments ago, a lot of businesses will start be up today and be going tomorrow is because they didn't have a lot of this knowledge that you obtained through education and work experience. Yes. You said now I'm going to take this and actually um, help other people. Other people. Because you, when we, when we were talking, um, I noticed that in building your brand, you you had a desire to connect with other black owned retail businesses. And you said that, um, that was kind of a part of walking in your purpose was yeah. teaching other black designers and brand owners the business. Is yes. that, 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 okay. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. like I said, I feel like that's the part that's missing from our success in it because even if you had a little knowledge to get you to a certain point, they have a little bit more to kind of take it from you. And it's sort of like you either undersell yourself or or things of that nature. And it's like, I don't want anybody to really put themselves in the debt that I'm in to learn <laughs> this information in our community where we're trying to build our financial wealth up. Um, so it's like, I have this knowledge. And if you, I tell people this all the time. Yes, I do. I do a lot for free, but I do get paid for my services also. And I'm like, and if you reach out to another merchandising consultant, my prices are nowhere near their prices because I'm doing this really to help. I'm not trying to do this for a gain to myself, but however, I did spend all this time gaining this and I'm trying to give you access to it. You gotta kind of meet me somewhere, but I don't want to put you in that debt that I had to incur to learn this. I wanna see you be successful. The knowledge you're getting from me is gonna 
triple, double, whatever you done paid me anyway. So it was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta give a little bit. But yeah, I really want to spread the information because I want to see these businesses be successful. I want to see us, because like I said, we are the epicenter for the, the styles that are, are popping. We are the culture. Fashion is like one of our fashion, hair, beauty, like that is us, music, us. And it's just like, we need to take ownership of it and we need to be represented more in it. If you want to own this business, if you want to be... I don't even want to compare you to any other designer because you're not any other designer. You are who you are. But if you want to be on that level, you got to have a foundation or you're just going to crumble. And it's, that's what any business, but the fashion industry is very specific and it's very fragile. Yeah. One wrong move and you gone. They done moved on to the next person. It moves so fast. It moves quickly. And that's really, and that's why I wanted to highlight. This is the reason why I really, I use this platform to highlight all the guests that I bring on is because I think visibility matters. Um, you know, you can tell a child that they can be anything that they want to be, but it makes so much more of an impact when that child is able to see yes. someone who looks like them or yes. someone who relates to them, yes. who is there. Yes. You know, and so the, I really applaud folks like you who have the tenacity, the courage, and the time to pursue. Because, you know, like we said before, it's not easy. But this type of work is critical for our survival yeah. um, as a culture. Because, like you said, we invented all this. All this. It's ours. We're the originator. But we, it may be it's strange for some people to to hear this, but we have to be reminded of that and we have to see examples and it has to be reinforced because we've had so many decades of the opposite. Yes, we have. You know, so just, just going on Twitter and reading that affirmation tweet may not be enough. <laughs> it's yeah. great. You know yeah. what I mean? I might like it. I might retweet it, but <laughs> there's so much more work that has to go behind so much and i so think much. what you're doing exemplifies that thank you so much mm -hmm. you know what i want to go back to what you said about um representation because you know when i went to school for fashion i was like one track minded i just thought you'd be a designer and that was like you know it when i got exposed to all the different areas you can be in in the industry i was surprise and I just feel like it's because it's not enough of us represented in it so there's no one bringing it back to us so I never knew what merchandising was retail merchandising or fashion merchandising was until I went to school and was exposed to it I didn't know you could actually take the degree that I have and work for the FBI or the CIA and become a material analyst or you could be the designer of the fire retardant suits that the firemen use or the bulletproof vest like like it's so it's it's fashion event production it's and because we don't have many people in those fields all we see are like the people that are designers or you know we don't see all that and it's like no one ever told me i could even be that i didn't even know this existed because we don't have anybody going back and teaching that so I was like that was another thing that i wanted to bring back to like my community like 
well, you know, I know you, you know, may think you want to be a designer or whatever, but have you ever thought about this? Or you have a lot of skills in this? Or, you know, just to expose people to the different areas that they could possibly enjoy doing. Because, listen, I failed merchandising. I failed the class my first time taking it. And I'm like, I cannot do this. Like, I don't, it's numbers. It's math. It's, no, I can't do this. And I already went in there thinking, I'm going to be a designer. I don't need this. Wrong. <laughs> um, so then I took the class again and I paid attention. And I'm like, oh, I like this. I like this a lot. Got an A in the class. And my teacher was like, why didn't you do that the first time? And I'm like, because I thought I wanted to be a designer. But now I'm like, this is kind of in my space the first time. Right. So you, you kind of mm-hmm. like that representation. So like now seeing me in this field, people my age and younger are like, I love that. Like, I want to do that. I want to do visual merchandising. I want to, because they didn't know it, it existed. Like, they didn't know that you could actually do what I'm doing as a profession. And it's like, representation is important. Seeing, Not only that, travel the world and do it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Because it's big over, it, it, mm. like in Europe and stuff, it's huge over there. Like, they put on whole productions. They, they, you know how Macy's does in New York for their, like, holiday window? That's all the time over in Europe. Their windows are like, bam. <laughs> this is just like. It's a big yeah. deal. Okay. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. So, yeah, that representation is very important. And that's another aspect of why I'm here with this. Awesome. Awesome. And, and going back to working with Black-owned uh, vendors, and, and you mentioned even before we, we I, I'm I guess I'm pulling from the article, uh, Voyage ATL, own, uh, Black-owned crafters and home vendors. Right. And you mentioned that you were already working with three Black women who yes. own their business like yourself. Would yes. you shout them out? <laughs> yes. So it's Nadira. She owns Love Na Candles. You can find them at lovena.com. We, I sell the same candles that she sells. So if she happens to be out of stock, you can come to me. If I'm out of stock, I put it on her on my page. Go to her website. So it's like we share that thing. So what our process is, is I buy from her wholesale and I resell them at the same price. She said, I'm not underselling her. It's not a competition. It's additional exposure for both of our businesses. So it kind of helps with marketing. Like I'm marketing her. She's marketing me. We got two different audiences. She knows different people than I do. So we're helping each other out in this. And I'm just like, this is awesome. This is dope. I want to do more of this. She was my first one. That so, is, that's very cool. I love and it. Put a way to support. Like, yes. let's do this together. We can build yes. up. And we we actually met at a networking yeah. event. And we I loved her candles. We stayed in touch from there. And now we have like a whole like friendship. Like she'll be like, I'm getting a new scent in. Do you want to like, you know, it's like I'll get first dibs on a new scent, you know, stuff like that. So it's a relationship. Like I call all of these connections. I make my sisters and my brothers in business. Um, which I stole from the Sisters in Business Expo, but that's how I relate to my, you know, my peers in the in entrepreneurship uh, world. Yeah. Um, they're my sisters and my brothers in uh, in business. So, um, so it's Nadira with Love Not Candles. It's Art Things by Michelle, and she makes these amazing like holsters and mugs and all of that. Um, you can follow her. It's Art Things with a Z by Michelle. Um, she does a lot of her work on like Etsy and um, Instagram, you know, social media platforms. Same thing. She, so our agreement is sort of like she'll make something. And if I want it, 
it's only made for me. Like she doesn't make it for anybody else. So it's exclusive. Yes, yes. I get some exclusive things. And then, you know, it's like, if you want something in a different color, you can go to her website. You know, so it's still that cross marketing thing. Um, or she'll post it on her site and be like, you can get these at sweet828.com. So cross marketing. And another one now, they done blew up. So I don't even know where we're going to go with this <laughs> afterwards, but um, it's called Tao and Bert. Um, when she first like started kicking off, I had, I started buying from her wholesale. She does the crystal vessel. So it's like, it could be an airplane holder or a candle holder. Like it's cement and it's like the crystal. So you have your amethyst, you have your appetite, like you have all of your crystals on these. They're so beautiful. But she done been featured by celebrities and all this stuff now. And it's like amazing. She still communicates with me and lets me know when she's getting new things in. Um, That's what we want to see, right? Listen, <laughs> I'm like, do it, sis. I'm just like, but she's been so busy. Her orders are backed up until like October. It's insane. Like, and it, mad, it happened in a matter of months because I ordered from her first time in like, I feel like March. Listen, it sounds like a big check. Yes. She's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. It's her and her That's husband that have the business, and they are Black-owned. So shout out to them. Yes. Shout out to all three of the people that you just mentioned, all three of the businesses. And I'm always looking for, for more people. So um, I, think, I think people get a little thrown off by the whole... I'm buying from them and then reselling them at a different price, but that's really the wholesale process. So it's like, you know, that's how it works. I gotta, I gotta get something out of it. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it's been fun. Like the ladies that I do work with, like we have, we built a relationship now, um, and we're helping each other. So I, I really try to focus on that. I mean, I do have things from other vendors from everywhere just because I need to offer variety um, with home goods. I look for exclusive pieces. Um, it's not really an industry that we've really, I mean, we've tapped in it as far as interior, decorating, design. Um, but as like boutiques and stores, it's not a lot of like home goods type boutiques um, or people that, because a lot of the stuff require manufacturing and it's like hard to hand make a lot of this stuff. So. You know, we don't have as many um, people offering things in that field as, you know, but I'm looking for them. If, the, if you're out there. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I do make it a point, though, because I, I just feel like it's another way to um, create visibility behind their, their brands um, and to push. Because um, even though I'm buying from them wholesale, they're getting all of their money up front instead of having to wait for some, something to sell. So it's still, you know, a support of the business at right. the same time. Right. Yeah. So you laid out a foundation to launch in 2020, this year. And in the article you did with Voyage ATL, you mentioned how, like, COVID just shut everything down and was so unexpected, like it was for, for everyone. How has this impacted your merchandising business and what adjustments have you had to make in order to kind of keep the train moving forward? So I launched, I launched Jay Nicole last year. Last year was like a booming year for Jay Nicole merchandising. This year, not so much because um, as you can see with all the stores not coming back, like stores we would never think would be closing or closing, like Steinmark is about to liquidate. Like it's, it's insane. 
retail is not in a great state and i mean it, it's already been on a decline the actual physical stores brick and mortar stores are on a decline and a lot of merchandising happens there i mean you could still you still need to do merchandising um online but it's just not you don't have your floor sets and your visuals and and things like that so why is that people shopping more online like what why is that do you yeah think? people are so online it kind of uh change the way i mean i still i still encourage my clients to focus on their visuals with their online um uh situations but it's a little easier with it because it's sort of like you don't really have to engage with physical customers so it's like with with physical brick and mortar stores there's a whole psychology from even the way you set things like most people go to a certain direction so you want certain things in that direction like it's a whole psychology behind a store floor set and we don't really need that anymore so um a lot of my clients last year were doing a lot of vending events and they needed help with that making it their you know booths more visible and how to make it stand out we're not doing that because i mean there's not even anywhere to really to have events except for outside um we're and that was closed down for a while so <laughs> now that things are opening up a lot of more a lot more like outdoor vending events are happening but when the weather changes what are we going to do then because indoor ones are going to be kind of weird so um business definitely slowed down as far as the consulting part um i do help people with their inventory tracking um consultations and you know with their whole process with ordering and you know when should they reorder when should they restock and all that um but it definitely slowed down um because there's just not a lot of physical i did have a client that has a physical store and she changed her whole store around but um she's not getting as much foot like store footage as she used to have like so it's just the retail industry period is on a decline. Um, so what I actually did launch in 2020 was Sweet 828. I actually launched February 29th. I was supposed to launch in the beginning of the year, um, but I was like, I don't want to rush this. I wanted to be right. And I didn't have all of my merchandise in yet. Um, and then February 29th, I launched. I had a few things. March hit. COVID hit. I wasn't getting inventory for weeks and weeks at a time. Um, so I had to really focus on marketing and pushing what I did have. I had, I now ordered a lot of inventory in March. When it finally did arrive, I ended up with a ton of inventory in April. And it's like, now I got to figure out how to get rid of all of this stuff. It's, it was like, kind of relearning everything that I was taught about, you know, the ordering, the planning and all of that, the buying aspect of merchandising. So that real life experience, I'm like, I don't know how many people can say they know how to teach somebody how to survive COVID-19 because that ain't in the books anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah. So um, it, it was weird because I, it was actually booming for me once I got all of that inventory in. April, May, and June were like big months because everybody's home. So now everyone's focused on fixing their homes up and decorating and they wanted new things because they're sitting in the house looking at the same old stuff they've been had. So um, it was booming. And then Juneteenth hit 
biggest day for me ever. I was being mentioned on so many like black owned business posts and people were actually shopping. Yeah. I had like a celebrity buy from me and stuff. And I'm just like, this Mm -hmm. is crazy. But then July hit and then it was like, and I'm like crickets. (laughs) So it's literally been like, it's literally been like March was like a slow rise. April went up May, June, July. And then, it just goes down. And it's like, yeah. what happened? So I'm figuring it's the whole thing where I know, you know, the talks of the unemployment money stopping and people not knowing what's going on. There's people right. still out of work and people not knowing what's going on with work. A lot so of like, financially, yeah. Yeah, it's a financially motivated situation. And it's just like, I mean, that's in any economy that's shaky um you you kind of have to expect for it to happen um so that's when you have to take a look at your merchandising plan and decide you know which items are on the decline can i do a sale real quick to kind of recoup some money and get some fresh stuff in because i notice when you get fresh things in people are excited again so um and also again the visuals i actually hired a content creator um named meredith she has a whole fashion studio up in philly um mary uh, studios in Old City, I believe it is. Um, she does my content for me, and she makes them all cute and makes them move and do all this fancy stuff. And you know that helps. You have to do your your advertisements on Facebook. Da, 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 da. And, um, it's just it's a mixture of your merchandising plan and your marketing plan that you really have to look at to kind of survive this kind of economy. And I feel like with retail and fashion being so fast, it's like this is a slowdown period, but we don't know how to slow down. And it's sort of like, everybody's confused. Everyone's everywhere. So um, it's a learning experience for me, especially, but going forward, I know I have this information now to teach my merchandising um, clients um, how to prepare because I, because truly for me, what saved me was those late shipments because I was like announcing new arrivals so fast and everybody was like oh my gosh you know it was like I had so much in so I feel like having a plan for that but if you're already and that's because COVID happened right when I launched if you happen to already be in business um you have to know your fashion forecasting or your you know you got to know the forecasting for the industry you're in mm-hmm. so you need to know which items are going to do well and so stuff sitting in your stock room exactly so you need to get the stuff you know are going to move and you need to get that like ASAP and have that on hand to carry you through this tough period. So that's like all a part of getting to know your customer, your audience. Your customer, your target market mm-hmm. and the industry. You really have to research the numbers. Like the numbers seem like a lot. Like I told you, I failed it because of the numbers <laughs> the first time. Um, but they're like vital to the survival of your retail business. So you know, I try to express that, and like I'm sitting here now, like looking at numbers, and I'm just, <laughs> you know, because it did slow down for me. It did get scary for me, but it's also picking back up because um, I don't. I put the effort in. I've I got a uh, Meredith. She also does PR. She's putting my stuff in magazines and stuff like that. So increasing my visibility um, is helping visibility. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, this is all of the stuff. I mean, because it's new to everybody. No one knew how to survive COVID. So it's like, now I have something to put in my ebook to teach my clients 
um, how to survive this. This is this is really a, like a new lesson for a lot of us. Well, I'm really glad that you came on because this was a wealth of knowledge and information, especially for anyone out there who is starting in retail, retail merchandising or consulting. Yes. Um, or, you know, they've been in it for a while and they're just looking for that um, that community support, yes. um, that representation, <laughs> like we talked yes. about. You really gave a lot of a lot of good stuff here. So I really appreciate it. I have not really a question, but my final thought for you is really coming from our pre-talk before this. You I asked you what you were passionate about, and you told me that. The thing, the one thing that you were, you were passionate about many things, but the one thing that you pointed out was making sure that you're breaking generation, generational curses. Yes. For your, your baby, for James. Um, My baby girl. Yes. So <laughs> what is, what is your ultimate goal? What is your vision? I, I know you're over there build, build, building an empire. <laughs> I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Um, <laughs> It's not even so much as like um, a wealth or financial thing. It's a mental thing for Jace. Um, I want her to know that she can really do anything she puts her mind to. Um, and it doesn't always have to be driven by money or funds. Like she could really be in something just to help somebody else if she wanted to and make it work for her. I want her to know like it's okay to be scared but don't let it hinder you. You know, it's all mental thing because I'm 33. I've had a lot of these brilliant ideas since I was 20 something. And I sat on them for so long thinking I can't make that happen. I didn't have that confidence. I didn't have that. And again, I guess it was because I didn't see anybody else do it, you know? So I want her to say, like, I bring her with me. She helps me package packages. We go to the, <laughs> we go to the post office together. She gets excited to come here. But I want her to see, like, it's going to take work. But you can do something you enjoy doing. You can do something you love and make it work for you and, and make a living off of it. So it's more of building her confidence and her, you know, her bossiness. <laughs> she already bossy, but, like, just knowing how to channel it, not being, you know, mean or a mean girl. Because, you know, you see all these empowerment things and then you see that you meet the people and they're not as empowering as they claim to be. People do be mean, yeah. It'd be a whole click, mean girl group thing. I'm not that type of girl. I've never been. Um, and I don't want Jace to be that way. I want her to know it's okay to like share certain things with people um, in the industry. Like, it's just really just building up her as a person, as a person. I want her to be her own person on top of that. You don't have to own your own business. Like you could work, you could do what you want to do, but you still but have to do everything. It, right, right, right. You can do it and, and, exactly. and representation, right? That yeah. she's already seeing from a young age. Like if my mommy can do this, I know that I can do it. Exactly, this. exactly. So that's, Mm-hmm. that's the curse I'm trying to break because you know when I said I was going to school for fashion my family looked at me sideways like you ain't gonna get no work in it and granted they was kind of right but I made it work for me you know like I made it work I made it something I made it what I wanted that's because we have not been afforded that space all exactly. these years to, to make a living in it because the white folks been doing it so yep. why can't we yep 
you know? <laughs> but, but, and that's what I want to instill mm-hmm. in Jace. Like, listen, go for it. Because if you want to be honest, my dream was to be an archaeologist and Egyptologist. How many black folk you done seen in that? Not a lot. And because of that, I wasn't aware it was possible. So I didn't think I could do it, you know? And it's like, no, I'm trying to expose her to as much as possible. I'm telling her, listen, you can, she be ready. First of all, Jace gets frustrated. If she can't do something, she's one of those people like, and I'm like, Try it again. <laughs> it ain't going, it's not going to work unless you stay consistent yeah, yeah. and figure it, you'll figure it out. Take your time, breathe, you know, and then she'll, mommy, I did it, you know. So I'm trying to, to build her mental around the possibilities um, that are out there and not limit her. Um, as much. Yes. Because that's what it's all about, possibilities. Like, yes. we got to give these babies a choice. Oh, yes. You know, oh. let them know that they can do it. Exactly. Every day. Jace is yeah. my chef. She's my doctor. She's, <laughs> she's all these little, th- and I'm just like, yes, doctor. Yes, chef. You know, I'm encouraging all of it because if I tell her, well, you can't do all that at once, yeah. why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's, the, that's the curse I want to break for her. Of course, you know, the financial part is great, but I just feel like that part comes anyway if you really hone in on what you're doing and build your craft and study your craft, master your craft, that's going to come. Um, but you've got to have the mindset and you have to have the mentality to even get through it. So that's the, that's the generational curse I'm trying to break for her, really. Very cool. Well, you all heard it first here on the Hunger Podcast. Jane. I know I talk so long, like... <laughs> Ms. Chanel Johnson, owner of J. Nicole Merchandise and Suite 828. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm hung up. Thank you for Thank you. coming on to the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. And before you go, please remind everyone where they can find you. If okay. they would like to get connected with you, what's your website? Where, where can we see your, your merchandise? Okay. So uh, J. Nicole Merchandising Agency is jnicolemerchandising.com. Um, that's for if you want any type of merchandising consultations or training. I'm in the process of adding some new things to it, so stay tuned for that. Um, Sweet 828 is www.sweet828.com. My social media platforms, um, at Sweet 828, just how it is. Um, and my personal slash consultation page it's like a mix of everything on there you get a lot of my daughter um it's j dot nicole merch j dot n-i-c-o-l-e-m-e-r-c-h um and you can pretty much search both on facebook if you want to those pages are as they are also very cool y'all make sure y'all support this black woman thank you follow her and support her And um, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. See you. Bye. As always, thank you for listening. You can find me on all platforms at HungaPod. And don't forget, drop a rating on the Apple Podcast app. The Hunger Podcast phone number is 484-578-9992. Drop a message anytime. Have a good weekend. Until next time, peace y'all.
We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. <laughs> you should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. If you are the breadwinner in your relationship with a man, you have to pretend that you're not, especially in public. Otherwise, you will emasculate him. But what if we question the premise itself? Why should a woman's success be a threat to a man? What if we decide to simply dispose of that word? And I don't think there's an English word I dislike more than emasculation. A Nigerian acquaintance once asked me if I was worried that men would be intimidated by me. I was not worried at all. In fact, it had not occurred to me to be worried because a man who would be intimidated by me is exactly the kind of man I would have no interest in. <laughs> but still, I was, I was really struck by this. Because I am female, I'm expected to aspire to marriage. I'm expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. Now, marriage can be a good thing. It can be a source of joy and love and mutual support. But why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? I know a woman who decided to sell her house because she didn't want to intimidate a man who might marry her. I know an unmarried woman in Nigeria who, when she goes to conferences, wears a wedding ring because, according to her, she wants the other participants in the conference to give her respect. I know young women who are under so much pressure from family, from friends, even from work, to get married, and they're pushed to make terrible choices. A woman at a certain age who is unmarried, our society teaches her to see it as a deep personal failure. And a man, at a certain age who is unmarried, we just think he hasn't come around to making his pick. <laughs> it's easy for us to say, oh, but women can just say no to all of this. But the reality is more difficult and more complex. We're all social beings. We internalize ideas from our socialization. Even the language we use in talking about marriage and relationships illustrates this. The language of marriage is often a language of ownership rather than a language of partnership. We use the word respect to mean something a woman shows a man, but often not something a man shows a woman. We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or for accomplishments, which I think can be a good thing, but for the attention of men. We teach girls that they cannot be sexual beings in the way that boys are. If we have sons, we don't mind knowing about our sons' girlfriends, but our daughters' boyfriends, God forbid. <laughs> But of course, when the time is right, we expect those girls to bring back the perfect man to be their husband. We police girls, we praise girls for virginity, but we don't praise boys for virginity. And it's always made me wonder how exactly this is supposed to work out because, 